this full. And I know I'll make it that full. It is by God's amazing grace. And I'm glad tonight to know that I can go. That. Got your Bibles asking you to turn with us this evening to the book of Exodus, the 40th chapter. If you would stand with us this evening. We'll read here uh, a verse of scripture. I say verses. We will read here a couple of verses of scripture. And I will get this out tonight. As Brother Don says, the devil don't like us and we don't mind because we don't like him either. You know, it is a mute. The one thing we agree on is that we don't like one another. And that's the only thing we agree on. Exodus chapter 40, verse 34. Says then the cloud then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation, because the cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Father, today I thank you, Lord, for your love and mercy. Thank you, dear God, for your blessings. I ask you, Father, help us, Lord, through this word tonight, that we might glorify and praise your name. Touch each and every heart that's here, Father, we pray in Jesus' holy name, and amen, amen. You may be seated this evening. I want you to think about something for just tonight, how privileged we are, how privileged we are. Now, the title of my message is not that. The title is The Glory of the Lord, and I want you to understand something. I've got several passages of Scripture tonight where we're going to talk about the glory of the Lord, and I say that. Uh, let me count them up for you. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. So 13, it looks like, passages of places will be not 13 verses. So we'll get out of here between now and 7 o'clock, all right? That's the way it'll work there, all right? I'll try to go fast, but I want you to think about what was just said here. The cloud, of the, 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 then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. If you, if you think about it this way, what does it feel like to see God's glory but yet not be able to enter into it? I want you to think for this just a minute tonight as we're talking about this. We're going to talk about the glory of the Lord, but, but here all of these verses that we have in the Old Testament, all of them talk about a, 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 a scene of the glory of God. In other words, uh, it, it's, it's one of this deal here. And, and here's two things about this in the studying of this that maybe a lot of folks don't understand. The glory of the Lord was not always glorious for the people. Because sometimes when they saw the glory of God, God was bringing judgment. And therefore, a lot of folks that sometimes they died. I think about it. We'll get into this a little further there. But there are times when the glory of God is seen by all folks. God shows his presence, so to say. He shows his uh, uh, being there. And, and they called that the glory of the Lord because God's presence was there. But sometimes God's presence was there in judgment, not in acceptance. I want you to think about as we go on. So Moses, and here's, here's the thought I want you to get tonight. Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation. He saw the glory of God. He was a witness to the glory of God. But yet in that God, 
glory, God's glory was down, Moses was not able to enter into it. Church, there's a benefit we miss a lot of times because we don't get things. In Leviticus chapter 9, if you will go over there, and we'll run through these as quick as we can, but I want you to see some things. In Leviticus chapter 9, the offering is being made. Now, if you'll jump down there under verse 6 for me, it says this. And Moses said, this is the thing which the Lord commanded that ye should do. And the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you. When you do what God tells you to do, if you go back and look at it, he said, Moses said, this is the thing which the Lord commanded that you should do. And the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you. And Moses said unto Aaron, go up unto the altar and offer a sin offering and the burnt offering and make an atonement for thyself and for the people and offer the offering of the people and make an atonement for them as the Lord commanded. Now, now think, if you go do what God tells you to do, and here's the deal. He was saying, go make a sin offering, and the glory of the Lord is going to appear after the things are right. Now, here, here's something I've often said, church. If we want God to work in our service, and we want God's presence to really show up, in other words, I come in, and you come in, and we're coming in with the Spirit of God, and we're in the house of God, and I mean, we sit here, and we go, I don't know why God's not moving. We need to ask ourselves, is everything right, right here? Because if it is right, right here, there's no reason why the glory of God will not show up. I want to say this morning, uh, we had something happen in our service this morning, and I asked, I asked them this afternoon uh, over there was after lunch, I said, did you realize something happened this morning in service? And Zach goes, yeah. And I said, what? He thought a minute. And when I goes, the spirit was lifted. There was a heaviness that was lifted. I said, something happened. Nope, I don't know. When I called for the men to come and pray around Brother Don, every man in this church showed up. When's the last time that's happened? I want you to think about that. Because we had a good spirit. People's hearts were where they needed to be this morning. An opportunity for God to move and to work. And as we're sitting here, and we call for, for the men of the church to come forth and to pray over Brother Don. Here's the deal. Every man in the church got up and come to pray over Brother Don. That's what should happen when we call for prayer. If we have a sister in need and we say to the sisters, all you sisters that would come forth, I, I would expect more than two or three sisters to come. Matter of fact, I do expect all of our sisters to come and pray for our sisters. I expect our men to come and pray for our men. And it happened today. Now, Brother Don, I can't tell you the results of our prayer. Other than this, God heard our prayer. And there's no doubt in my mind that God will touch you some way, somehow. I don't know what it's going to be, but God will be there. Because we called on him in ferventness. And he said, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. What it is, is up to God. But I'll just tell you this. Moses told Aaron, if you go in and you do it right, you're going to see the glory of God. You go in and you do what you're supposed to do. 
you're going to see the glory of God. Go back and look at what he says. And Moses said, this is the thing which the Lord commanded that you should do. And the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you. And Moses said unto Aaron, go into the altar and offer thine, thy sin offering. Offer thy, Aaron, get you taken care of. And the burnt offering. And make an atonement for thyself. Get right, Aaron. Make things right, Aaron. He, look, he's told him three different times already in this verse that he was to make sure that everything he first went in and done, he done in accordance to the word of God. Aaron, make sure things are right with you. And make an atonement for thyself and for, thy, for the people. And offer and offer the offering of the people and to make an atonement for them. Can I just tell you now, he said it three times about this. Hey, the Bible says, yea, God speaketh once and yet twice and no man regardeth. I'm going to tell you something. When God has spoken three times, we ought to pay attention to what God is saying. And I know you say, Brother Ernie, that's not God, that's Moses. Moses just told Aaron, here's what God said to do. Do it, Aaron. And when you do it, the glory of God is going to appear. I want the glory of God appearing. I mean, not just one time, but all the time. Not just here and there, but everywhere. I, I, I want when I show up to the house of God and you show up to the house of God, that more importantly, God shows up to the house of God. I mean, the glory of God will manifest itself and will do something in our presence if we will do things the way he would have us to. You jump on down there for just a few verses. He starts talking about the sacrifices and what he did and how he did it. And then in verse 22, it says this. And Aaron lifted up his hands toward the people and blessed them and came down from the offering of the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offering. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out and blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. And there came a fire out from before uh, the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering, the fat which the, all the people saw. They shouted and fell on their faces. Why? Because they did exactly what God said to do. And when they done it the way that God said to do it, here comes the glory of God showing up to the people of God. And they were able to see it. Hey, church, I'm going to tell you something else tonight you need to know. When the glory of God shows up, it's not a secret thing. It's not a hidden thing. And by the way, son, I know this. When God shows up, somebody knows it. If you don't know it, then you're probably missing something. By the way, don't be doubting it either. Just because you're not getting it don't mean somebody else ain't getting it. I've been in services where I'm like, I don't understand what's going on there. And pretty soon I realized what was going on. They were right and I was wrong. I seen, but I couldn't experience. It was there, but I wasn't part of it. And after a while, you know, you get kind of mad. You get kind of jealous and you start saying, well, I don't know why they're showing out and why they're doing this and why they're doing Hey, because they're feeling what you want to feel and you're jealous you're not because you're not right with God and they're right with God. Hey, by the way, they just showed up with the attitude that said, God, do what you want. Here I am. Amen. 
We show up with the attitude, God, get me out of here in a hurry. I got things to do. It's not the way to be, church. God ought to have some time. I mean, just ought to think about it. In the book of the 1 Kings in chapter 8, it says, So the priest could not stand. What, what are you talking about, Ernie? Listen to me. We're talking about everything that's being done. The priests are doing what's right. All of a sudden, in chapter 8, verse 11, So the priest could not stand to minister because the cloud, for the glory of the Lord, had filled the house of the Lord. I, I don't know about you, but, but can, can you think of having a service and, and feeling joy and, and feeling good, and you're doing what God would have you to do. You're being who God would have you to be. I mean, everything's right. You've been to the altar. You've, you've got things right with God. And then the presence of God comes down. And as the presence of God is coming down, instead of getting to stay there and be part of the presence of God, you're backing up because you cannot be in the presence of God. Glory of God would come down, and when the glory of God come down, they had to get out. He'd come into the house of God. He'd come into the tabernacle. He'd come into the tent. He was there in the congregation. I mean, he was just showing up, and as they're showing up, he's showing up. They're back. They're seeing it, but they cannot be in it. Church, I want you to think about this for a second. Every one of us is going, wow, man, the glory of God's here. The glory of God's here. The glory of God's here. And they're doing it, too. You understand they're doing what, what happened there? It said that they saw it and they shouted, they fell on their faces. God's presence come in and they saw it, shouted, and fell on their face. In other words, they begin to worship at the presence of the glory of God. Go on a little further to 2 Chronicles. Now you're gonna turn over there with me tonight if you want to, to verse chapter 5. You pray for me, 2 Chronicles, I'll get to 2 instead of 1st, chapter 5. Let's back up, read what my notes say, I've done been here, verse 11, we'll do this right. And it came to pass, 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 11, and it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified and did not then wait by course. Now, I want to tell you something else, church. A lot of times the minister will preach and he will tell folks things, but he himself is in trouble. Once you think about that for a second. We're not perfect neither, but I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of preachers who are hypocrites. And, and they'll stand up and they'll preach how that you need to live right and how you need to get right with God and how you need to walk with God and how, and I'm going to do, do this. But then just as soon as everything's over with, they're out there doing the sinful deeds they were doing before they got there. They're hypocrites. Don't expect God to work in your life as a hypocrite. A hypocrite makes up things. Boy, God showed up today for me. No, he did not. No, he did not. Listen to me. The priests have to do things right too. It came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified and did not then wait of our course. Also the Levites, which were singers, and all of the Asp uh, all of them of Asaph, and I, and I don't remember, of Herman, I, Heman, and of Judith and 
of the sons and the brethren there being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east of the end of the altar, and with them 120 priests sounding the trumpets. I'm going to tell you something else tonight. Can I, can I say this? Ministers that would get together and really worship God could have a time and really do an influence on their people. I, I'll just be honest with you about that tonight. And it came to pass, as the trumpeters and the singers were as one. Remember what happened in the book of Acts? When they were of one mind and one cord, then the Spirit come down, right? The Holy Ghost came down. They, they were, then they got what they got, what Jesus told them to be waiting on. It was coming, but you had to be there. So they were of one mind and one accord. Hey, by the way, that was not the greatest of the things there that happened that day. The greatest of the things that happened that day was when they were of one mind and one accord. The Holy Ghost came down, and because they were of one mind and one accord, they were able to go out and testify and preach and witness, and they began to. And when they did so, men and women were saved by the thousands. Not by the, oh, once every 45, 35 months. You think about that. By the thousands. And the Bible said that God, that God added to the church daily such as should be saved. Where are we, church? I'm just asking the question. But they were of one, as one, they to, to make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. When they and when they lifted up their voices with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Again, church, I'm, I'm just there's a picture I'm trying to paint in some of this before we get to the part where they're in trouble. This is the aspect. Everything's right. Everything's good. Everything's wonderful. All of a sudden, here comes the presence of God. By the way, they should not have been surprised when God's presence showed up because Moses had told them, if you do it right, God's glory will be revealed. Hey, if everything's right. But here it comes again. The glory of God's coming into the house of God, and they're getting out because they can't be in the presence. They can see it. They can witness it. It's an awesome sight. But they can't get in it. It's just not there yet. I hope you caught that word I said. Yet. There's hope in this church. You go to 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 1. We're not going to get to verse 14, folks. Don't worry about that. Just, just look at this in verse 1. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifice. And what? And the glory of the Lord filled the house. It's a wonderful thing. But look at verse 2. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. God is there. But they can't get in it. 
And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down, the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, his mercy endureth forever. I I want you to understand something. It didn't stop them from worshiping. I'm not trying to tell you they couldn't worship. I'm just trying to tell you that there was a time when God would show up, but man could not be in it. They could see it, they could love it, they could adore it, but they had to separate from it. They just couldn't get in it. Even the priest had to get out. You go on to the second, uh, uh, I've done read these verses here and there, but go down now to Isaiah chapter 40. And I guess I, guess I was kind of nice tonight, I didn't. I forgot I did not put any of the verses in there where the glory of the Lord showed up and consumed that. I guess I've got that on another study there. I've been doing, there's a few of these we're going to get to get together on, church. You're going to have to wait for me. God, God's got me directed. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith the Lord. Speak ye comfortably, um, speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that that her warfare is accomplished, her, and that her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received the Lord's hand double of all her sins. The voice of them that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight the desert highway of our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed uh, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And by the way, let me tell you, who was crying, prepare you the way of the Lord? John the Baptist. God, God said it's going to be seen. Can, can you think about this? John the Baptist crying, make straight. Prepare the way of the Lord. And then we, even, we think about all these things. And here's Jesus coming and John says, Behold, the Lamb of God, whose shoelaces I'm not worthy to loosen. And John asked of Jesus to be baptized. I mean, that's the glory of God showing up right there, church. Everything's going the way that it should be. John's doing everything that he's supposed to be. And by the way, it's spoken right here. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Church, it's telling us, you and I tonight, in the same aspect, that if we will be prepared for God, the presence of God, the glory of God, will show up in our services. I, I, I know people say, well, Brother Ernie, does it come down in the cloud? Like it is? I mean, what are you talking about? I'm talking about when you come into the house of God prepared, you're going to know that when you got here, God was here. You're going to know that while you were here, God was here. When you was worshiping God, praising God, singing for God, testifying for God, glorifying God that God was here. When you prayed and cried out to God, God was here. Hey, church, I'm just telling you there's more to coming to church than sitting in the pews, singing a few songs, singing a few specials, hearing the preacher preach. There's more to come to church. It's when God shows up. That's when you know things are done. And by the way, I will say this. When God shows up, amazing things always happen. Always happen. And we wonder why our lives are the way they are sometimes. Think about it. Have we allowed, have we made preparations for God to show up? 
I mean, have we really made preparations for God to show up? Think about it for just a minute, church. We expect some things sometimes, but we don't prepare for those things. We just expect God to do it. We expect God to, to just, I mean, it's, it's like this. Okay, God, I'm going to go do this. I expect you to do something great. But I don't do nothing in preparation. I'm just going to go. I'm not going to spend no time in prayer. I'm not going to spend no time reading my Bible. I'm not going to spend no time meditating on things. I'm just going to show up and expect God to do what he's supposed to do. Hey, church, let me tell you something. The old, the old saying, right, going through McDonald's. When you show up at McDonald's, you expect them to give you free fries and a Big Mac. I mean, if that's what you order. It, it doesn't matter what restaurant you go to. What you order is what you expect. You, you don't prepare nothing. You show up and expect everything. When it comes to God, you got to prepare so that when you get there, God will be there. And when you show up prepared and you do what God wants you to do, God will work in your life. God will do things. You just got to make preparation every time. Excuse me. Every time you read in the scripture here, the glory of God came down that we shared tonight. And like I said, I thought I had a verse in there and I just wasn't paying close attention. But, but every time God's glory showed up, it was because the people and the priests done everything they were supposed They brought the sin offering. They offered the sin offering. They sanctified themselves and they sanctified the congregation. And the God came down into the Holy of Holies. He consumed that offering. And he walked out to the congregation. You say, Brother Ernie, God walked. Hey, he moved out to the congregation. He accepted that offering there. And the people could see God showing up. They were still on the outside looking in. But church, do you read what I read just a minute ago? Look at, look at this again. It says this in verse 3. Let's go back to verse 12. Verse 3. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight the desert a highway for God. Prepare. You and I do have a responsibility in expecting God to be here. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked made, shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And we know this again. Jesus came down unto man, and John the Baptist, the voice crying in the wilderness, said, Here he is! Behold! The Lamb of God. And that's who he was. If you jump over into John chapter 6, got three more verses for us to go through this evening. And I say three verses, three passages. John chapter 6. Jump down to verse 53. Says this, Jesus saith unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink the blood, ye have no life in you. What is that called, church? It's called making preparation. It's doing what is right. We are going to accept the body of Jesus as our sacrifice. We're going to accept the blood of Jesus as our atonement. 
he, he's there offering to us. And, and by the way, he is not talking about cannibalism. I'm going to tell you something, church. When we take communion and I take the, take the wafer, it, I chew it up, I swallow it, it's a wafer. When I drink the juice and I put it up to my mouth and I swallow it, it's juice. Hey, I'm not a cannibal. I'm not eating Jesus Christ. I'm not drinking the blood. The Bible tells us not to eat the blood. But we're to do this in remembrance of him. It is the sacrifice that he did. And when he sacrificed himself for us, now that we are partakers of this, that's what he's talking about here. We accept his body as our atoning sacrifice. We accept his blood as our atoning sacrifice. We are preparing ourselves to receive. We're accepting. Whoso eateth of my flesh and drinketh of my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my body, hey church, listen to this very carefully, dwelleth in me and I in him. There is something happened now. What happened in the Old Testament? He showed up and they could not be part. Now he's in them and they are in him. It is a glorifying this. When God saved me, he showed up. He accepted me because I accepted him. I accepted the blood. He sent his Holy Ghost to live in my life. The Spirit of God lives in Hey, the glory of God is present inside of me. I'm inside now. I'm not outside looking in. I don't behold the glory of God and don't get to do nothing but worship there. I not only behold it, but I'm a holder of it. That is different now than the Old Testament. And just so you don't think I'm crazy, go over to the book, the 14th chapter of the book of John. Here's what Jesus says. Verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Hey, church, can I tell you something? I've, all, I've been telling you a lot of this. There, there's a qualifier in Scripture. Look at the qualifier and see what it is. Remember, Moses said, Aaron, you do it this way, and you shall see the glory of God. If you do it this way, the glory of God's coming. And now we see that Jesus is saying, if you do it this way, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. <laughs> I love it, church. That he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. Him whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you, and, you sh and shall be in you. It, it, it's not outside. It's inside. It's not away from us and we got to back up. But rather now because we've come boldly onto the throne of God and we've received mercy and we've received grace and we've received redemption because we've come there. He's done it. And when he does it, he does it in us. Can you imagine tonight getting to go and say, well, I'm here. I accept you, Lord. The Lord sent it off over there. says, you come and I'll come. The Bible now tells us, draw nigh unto God and he draws nigh unto you. 
that where I am there you may be also. Hey, God's got a plan. It's coming together. And down here we get a piece of it. A piece of it. A vital piece of it. Verse 18. And I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while the world seeth me no more, but ye see me because I live, ye shall live also. And at and that day ye shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me, and I in you. What day? Not when we get to heaven, church, but the day that we get ourselves where we're ready and we receive and the comforter comes. He said that day we're going to understand that he is in the Father and he is in us, and we are in him. We are partakers and petitioners. We are part one of another of this very glorious one. Hey, when Jesus saves a soul, that's the glory of God showing up. How many of you get mad when the glory of God shows up? Not I. Matter of fact, when the glory of God shows up, I go out of the house of God wondering if anybody realized how wonderful that was for God to show up. Verse chapter 15, you'll have to change there. Verse 1, I am the vine near, my father is the husband. Every branch in me, you get that church in me, that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. You better do what he said in chapter 14 and verse 15. Keep his commandments. You're going to bear fruits when you keep his commandments. If not, you're going to be pruned off. Now you're clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. By the way, that's not the word I've spoken, but thus saith the word of God. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Church, you cannot get saved by repeating anything I've said. You will only get saved by accepting everything he said. That's a difference. Do I try to convince you to get saved? Absolutely. Apart from salvation, hell is your eternity. And, and, and I hear this, and it's true. You only live once. But, but here's the result. of You only live once here. But you'll live forever there or there. You only live once here. Get it right while you're here because if you get there, you ain't going there. And you ain't coming back from there to here to try to get it right so you can go there. And there's, there's not a time in which you can live in what they call the um, perdition or whatever that is there, that, that in between. You, you're not going to purgatory for so many years so that you finally get it right. And after you get it right, then you get to go to heaven. By the way, you don't live in hell so long that you pay for your sinful deeds in hell and then you get to go to heaven. There's some that teach that too. When you go to hell, you go to hell. When you go to heaven, you go to heaven. Hey, church, and while you're here is the time to get it right. Abide in me. You get it? What happened in the Old Testament? The glory of the God came down and they could not abide in the temple. They could not abide in the tabernacle. They could not abide in the tent. 
They could not abide in the house of God. Why? Because the glory of God came down. They had to get out. And it was there that they seen it. They loved it. They hunted. Hey, church, I'm not saying they didn't feel nothing. I'm just saying that they were outside. But now Jesus says, abide in me. I love the next part of that. And I am you. showing up. And when God's glory and God's presence show, it's not something we're observing from the outside now as children of God. It's something we're experiencing on the inside. We know that it's happening. Why? Because we're part of what's going on now. It's not something we have to get out of. It's something we're part of. Hey, God's consuming, but he's also abiding. God's glory showing up. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear, bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except you abide in me. You want to see God really do something? Think about it. Get in. Stay in. Because when you, I, I'm just be honest with you, church. They, 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 Jesus said, he that putteth his hand to the plow and looketh back is not fit for the kingdom of God. In other words, you can start plowing the field, but when you look back and what you've left behind you seems to be uh, uh, something that you just can't understand why you gave it up. Hey, church, you're not getting there. Everything ahead of me is far better than anything behind me. I mean, the apostle Paul said, he said, I count all that I gained but done that I might win Christ. Everything else is done away. Why? Because he was once in the world, but now he's in Jesus. The world was once in Paul, but now, the, now Jesus is in Paul. Hey, he was Saul, but he's Paul. Why? Because a change was made. Amen. In makes a difference. Or I'll tell you something else. If you can't understand what I'm talking about tonight, it's because you're out. You better get in. I'm just being honest with you, church. Be plain with you. There's a difference when you're in. There's a difference when he's in. All through the Old Testament, they observed. In the New Testament, we don't know. We're, we, we can observe, but we're not observers anymore. We're participators. In the Old Testament, the priest did it. Hey, the people had to bring it there. The priest did it all, and God would come down, and when God came down, they moved out. But now in the New Testament, I don't have a priest except Jesus Christ. I come, I offer, he receives, I accept. He's in me, and I'm in him, and it's different now. It is different now. That's the glory of the Lord. 
Church, that's what you and I are in need of. I love what God does when God's people does what God would have them to do. And we need more of it. Would you stand with us tonight? Father in heaven, we thank you so much. Lord, as we, we come together and the world calls this Father's Day and because they're thinking about their earthly fathers. But every day is Father's Day. Every day is your day. Father in heaven, you made it. You created every day. Lord, you even said that there's six days that we should work, and on the seventh day is the Sabbath. It's supposed to be a holy day. It's supposed to be your day. So rightly saying so, Father, we would say this, that every Sunday, if we're going to call it the Sabbath, every Sunday is Father's Day. And every year we have Dad's Day. But dear God, I say again tonight, thank you for being my Father. Thank you for allowing me to be your son. And I'm so glad tonight, dear God, that, thou, that you dwell in me. And I in you. And God, there's no doubt in my life tonight that this is different. It's different. And I just want to say thank you. God, touch the lives of each one here. Lord, I pray, touch our hearts and our minds and keep us safe as we go home. But God, more importantly, keep us saved. Help us to keep our faith and our trust in you. So that we'll see greater things than these. With that, Father, we pray and we ask tonight in the blessed name of Christ Jesus.